When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class leading Kia vehicles and services. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Let's Oh, Mark Bickley, it is great to be with you. We had a huge show today talking about Braden Maynard. We had calls, we had texts, we had Quick Bix bar at Sunder Racing. And we both had a, an attempt at saying bar at. Bar at. And you had a go? Oh, no, I've pressed the wrong button. Let's try this one. Oh, yeah, you've got a high-pitched voice, I though. I have. I tried to be high-pitched, but I'm not sure it works. But My voice can get really low, especially when it's a bit croaky. Well, I, if you're low and I'm high, we just need two more and we can have a barbershop quartet. Let's try and harmonize. So I'll go, <laughs> bah. No, I'm not going to do it. And then you you got to go, bah. <laughs> okay. So I'll just start off the low note and you go into the high one. I'm promising you this is going to end poorly. No, wait. Okay. And my name's Jared. Don't call me Paulie. Um, bah. Now you've got to go higher. No, I can't. I'm, yes, I'm you can, mate. In... Hey, hey, you can you can do anything you put your mind to. You won two flags, mate. All right. Bah. Oh, all right. No, it's horrible. Told you. I'm heavily invested in Lost, the TV show at the moment, and I want to give you Lost updates as we go through because you're a big Survivor guy. Right. I am. I'll tell you what I'm watching at the moment. I'm watching uh, season five of The Island. Oh, cool. So we'll just go to your story then. No, no, no. But when you say big Survivor guy, yeah. I'm sort of there's no Survivor on at the moment, but there's another show called The Island. What's it about? It's um, Bear Grylls is the host. Oh, I like Bear Grylls. And they drop off people on an island, but they, they bring in, I think it's eight people from a very low socioeconomic mm. background mm. and eight people that earn over hundred thousand pounds. And so they put them all on there together and see what happens. Bear Grylls is interesting because I've watched a lot of his stuff. Is that man versus wild or something? Yeah. His, yeah that's, that's his signature show. I once watched where he was walking around like this, crazy volcano area which was in the middle of nowhere and he was so careful about where he walked and then um i saw a couple of punters a few weeks later go to that same spot and turn the camera to the right a little bit and it was on a freeway (laughs) he's not like that mate i think he's a bit like that he just gets dropped in there i saw him once um catch a snake turn its skin inside out yeah and then urinate into the snake and capture that and so that he could if he needed to to drink his urine to be able to stay alive and that's just a saturday for you <laughs> so i'm invested that was, in that was on the first night <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like a full supply of water there and he's like no no check this out guys um i'm invested in lost because it's a show that i watched in the early 2000s and it came out of, at a time where Prison Break also came out. Both mm. of these shows were on Channel 7. And um, they invested so much into the pilot season of this show. And they didn't know how it was going to go. But what I noticed is um, they filmed the finale in the first season. And 
So at the end of the series, because again, you never know how these shows are going yeah. to go, um, they replay what they filmed in the first season. So that's why some of the characters aren't in the finale because they filmed it in the first season. But there's certain things that you do notice. So it's based um, and filmed um, in Oahu, I think, in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's beautiful landscape. You can still go do tours and things like that. But it's got a very Australian theme to it. So they, they were traveling from Australia um, on the aeroplane when it crashed. And they've got a lot of Australian actors in there who aren't Australian actors. So the fake Australian accents are so poor. And I just thought, why couldn't you invest in some Australian actors instead of people putting it on? They sound more Kiwi or your kind of traditional um, token pretend Australian accent. Good day. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing to see how resourceful they are on the island. Um, there's some certain things I think about of like, how do you brush your teeth? Um, you know, it's, it's make believe when you say, you know, how resourceful they are. What do you mean? Well, it's, it's a movie or it's a mini series. Yeah. It's not like the actual survival. No, but I like things to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I want you to watch lost. No, I'm, I'm sort of today's man. If, if something happened a long time ago, I can't believe you're watching it twice. Who's got the time? I've watched breaking bad six times. Gee whiz. I just, I just, but I also don't talk to my family. Mm. So that might be the problem. Maybe, but I'm I'm sort of a today guy. I want to see stuff that's happening today, not sort of go back and revisit stuff that happened. Okay, 20, 20 years ago. Thanks for ruining that. I'm just no, gonna... no, no. I'm just saying each to their own. If you want to yeah. live in the past, that's all up to you. No, it's good. I don't feel bad at all. Suki, suki, la la. The other thing I wanted to say, I was a bit too afraid to say it on air this morning. I feel that Brandon Maynard did have time to change his body when he was moving down to Angus Brayshaw. I think when you're in the air, you can try to change your body and what you're doing. It didn't look like he even made the attempt to try to change mm. what he was doing. Yeah, no, I, I disagree. I, I think they're, they're millise- we're talking milliseconds. Um, and But it didn't even look like he tried to hold himself back or anything. So self-preservation mode and then trying to hurt someone. Mm. I, I, have, I don't have one bone in my body that says... He tried to knock him out. Okay. I, I don't think he tried to knock him out. I just don't think he did everything he could to prevent him being knocked out. Mm, yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, like I said, he lives on the edge. Yeah. I think he wanted to make some type of physical contact with him and maybe give him a corky or, you know, make him earn the kick, so to speak. That was the old terminology, make him earn it. But And and so I don't think he, he meant to do that way. So, so I think the AFL um, council argued the case wrong. I think they should have just argued it that it was unreasonable what he did. And I'll give you the the I used to think they should have argued very hard that it was careless. And the way that I would have argued, I would have said, Why did you try and protect yourself at the end? And he would have said, Well, because contact was inevitable, so I tried to protect myself. Yeah. So, so there you go. When you jump and run directly at a player, you you're basically contact is inevitable. So when you tuck your shoulder in, brace for impact, I think when you jumped, there was a huge chance that you were going to have to brace for impact because you needed to protect yourself. So if you have to protect yourself at the cost of someone else, to me that that constitutes carelessness. I like Dan Butler. He's probably my favourite response throughout the whole year when he got rubbed out and he said, look, if I didn't do that, I would have been dropped or dragged. Mm. I don't know whether Braden Maynard would have been dropped or no, dragged. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is if he, didn't, if he didn't make an attempt to smother the ball like that, then he probably would have had a question asked of going, why didn't you try to smother the ball? Anyway, you well, disagree with me, no, which is absolutely well, fine. Hello, darkness, my old friend. 
I think Maynard was lucky that that um, Brayshaw didn't see him sort of jump off the ground a yeah. bit earlier because he could have just danced around him and Maynard would have But he's not Cyril Rioli, he's no, Angus Brayshaw. Yeah, anyway. Um, it's immaterial now and and what we do know is that if you ask two different people and, and very learned people, Gary Lyon and Nathan Buckley, I thought that was a really interesting debate. Both of them, great footy people. Both were on opposite sides yeah. of the spectrum and I'm on... You know, a bit more the Gary Lyon side. Other people are on the Nathan Buckley side. So in the end, it's a it's a split decision. Yeah, I just don't want him to play against Port Adelaide. You mightn't have to worry. Ugh. Here's a podcast. This month, get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! And a very good morning to you on Wednesday, the 13th of September. A beautiful 26 degrees we are going for today across Adelaide. Currently looking outside Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a shout out to uh, Chemist Warehouse. You can head into there for great savings. Mark Bickley, the sunrise is occurring a lot earlier now as we move into mid-September, which is fantastic because it's a beautiful thing to see your lovely face every morning after an eventful <laughs> 24 hours. It has been. Good morning, everyone. And um, let's just reflect on the, the weather you just mentioned. 26 degrees. How nice is that? Spring has definitely sprung. Yesterday was really warm. I feel we're at the the point of, even though we're in the mid-20s, it feels like 30s because we're so unfamiliar with hot weather. Mm. And today, might go for a run outside. Did you end up going for your 5K run for the Adelaide Marathon? I was in Bali. So how did you go with that? No, I didn't end up doing it. I wasn't feeling great on that morning. And um, What? Mm. I'm just telling you, I just told you what happened. I, I did all the prep. I did the prepped marathon. I was ready to go. Yeah. And I wasn't feeling very well. So How did you break it to your son? Because you were going to run with him. Well, no, well, he wasn't great either. He, he'd actually pulled the pin and I was going to do it on my own. So anyway. Yeah, I don't know if I believe any of that. I feel that you <laughs> thought that you probably couldn't do the 5K. So you've... You've brought COVID back into the conversation and said you couldn't do anything. I, I never mentioned COVID at all. Mm. I just said I wasn't I wasn't my best self. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Now, now I feel terrible. Yeah, it feels awkward to talk about that because we were we were talking about it a fair bit. Um, a massive thanks to Ty Power. Their big footy final sale is now on. The finals have um, thrown up some more questions, especially with what happened last night. We're almost going to dedicate the show to Braden Maynard and what happened. And, of course, we need your opinion. So please give us a call, one 736 736 He's free to play. So your initial reaction, Bix, we've got plenty of time to mm. kind of do a deep dive into this and play all the reactions and all the lead-up to this. But what's your immediate reaction? Well, I was out last night. I was um, involved with a presentation night for school footy. And so I sort of left reasonably early and then came back after the decision and sort of when I walked through the door, uh, my wife said, oh, did you hear about the Maynard decision? And I thought, oh, I was, I was thinking it was going to be a suspension. That was my initial thought. And she said he got off. And I thought, oh, okay. I was a little bit surprised if I'm being truthful. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What about yourself? Um, I like seeking your counsel on a lot of these things because you're very balanced and you're not really outrageous when it comes to your opinion. So, 
Um, leading up to what happened last night, I was thinking it was going to get off or he was going to get three weeks. It's one or the other. Mm. I originally thought what would happen is that he would probably get three weeks and then it would go through an appeals process and then that would be downgraded to about one. Because mm. normally, and what we've seen this year is um, when it goes to the tribunal, we just prepare for appeals and I thought we would have been waiting until probably mid-next week to find out what was going on. Mm. Um, so I was a little bit surprised and I was just scrolling through social media and um, it was a bizarre night because you mentioned as well that, that Jack Martin had his reduced as well. Yeah, so Jack Martin was suspended for two weeks initially. It was rated as high contact, contact and to the head. and Sorry, high impact, I should say. Uh, apologies. His was downgraded to medium impact. And that surprised me because he literally just came in, huge swinging arm, mm. collected Blakey on the jaw. He was down on one knee, Blakey. He had to go off. He, he went down, did the concussion test. So he spent 20 minutes on the sideline. And we're saying that's medium impact. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is one of the things that, um, that counted against uh, Shane McAdam when he bumped Jacob Ware was Ware went off and came straight back on. I did pass the concussion test as well. But his was rated high because it had the potential to cause serious injury. I would have thought swinging your arm around and collecting someone on the jaw, even though it doesn't break their jaw, it still has huge potential to cause injury. So I just don't understand why we're downgrading these things um, when, when it's, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's more good luck than good management that he didn't break someone's jaw and potentially put them out for six weeks and, and finish their, their season off. So it's just... Once again, I just feel like there's opportunities where we need to be saying this is not where we want to be in our game. As we said, there's plenty of time to talk about this too. We want to uh, hear from the Collingwood Football Club, their reaction, the Melbourne Football Club, and uh, thanks to Mortine Group Fleet, seven massive brands. We want to hear from you, our number, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Good morning, Edge. What's your initial reaction? I was gobsmacked when he got off, guys. Uh, Jonas gets three weeks for a perfect tackle and getting the free kick of holding the ball. We're talking about protecting the head. The guy gets concussed, gets taken off on a stretcher. Now, it, yeah, okay, it was an accident, but he still hit him in the head. How can you let someone get off that hit someone in the head when they're talking about concussion all year? Bryce was had concussions in the past. And if the AFL do not appeal this, there is some Victoria bias because that is unbelievable. Mm. I, I agree with everything you said except your last statement. There's some Victoria bias because both teams are Victorian. So if they appeal, they're Victorian bias. If they don't appeal, they're Victorian bias. They're Collingwood bias. So th th that argument is moot, I think, because, like I say, it, it's 50-50. People that don't back for Collingwood, think that the AFL want Collingwood in the grand final. People that do back for Collingwood, if they appeal, they think they've got something against Collingwood because they're, you know, they're Collingwood. So Edge, we love you calling the show. You go straight into the draw to win the Signet Boost Power Bank. We'll keep your phone tablets and uh, earbuds powered 24-7. tend to agree with everything that Edge said. There. Yes, I want to ask you about that a little bit later on as to what happens here because I have a feeling it's certainly not over. Um, if you did miss it, David Zeta is one of the hardest working men in football because he basically spends most of his time at the AFL Tribunal. Yeah. And He'll be the chairman next year. Doesn't get fed <laughs> and he gives lots of really interesting updates and we love it because it's entertaining at the same time too. Here's his findings. 
I'll, uh, I'll give it to you as, as break, broken down as I can. So he said that we find Maynard's decision to smother the way that he did was reasonable. They were not at all satisfied, the tribunal, that a reasonable player would have foreseen that such violent impact of the type suffered by Brayshaw was either inevitable or even likely. There were many variables in this instance. It is asking a lot of a player to decide in a fraction of a second which various ways to land and which of those ways might result in which type of reportable offence. We find Maynard was not careless in either his decision to smother or the way in which his body formed. We are clearly satisfied Maynard did not engage in the act of bumping Brayshaw. And the other provision, in order for in order for it to be concluded that he engaged in the act of bumping, it would be necessary to find that he formed that intention when in midair at approximately the apex of his leap. We accept the evidence of the biomechanist Professor Cole as being consistent with a common sense viewing of the video evidence. Maynard had no real time to form that intention. So all of those reasons uh, sum up why Braden Maynard has been cleared of rough conduct at the AFL Tribunal. Okay, so we're going to piece all that together. Mm. And what do you think? You are the voice of this show. So please let us know. You can call us if you want to send us a text 0427 154 If you're listening on the app, you can just get in touch with us directly with a couple of buttons there. Thanks to Ty Power. The big footy final sale is now on. Just on that, that. That's the first time I've heard that the way it was described. As I said, I was just sort of was relayed and I read a few articles about it. But that to me surprises me that the that the tribunal thought there was no way he could that that he, they thought that it was likely or that it was or that the contact was unreasonable. I I would have thought when when, you, when it comes down as careless, careless isn't about how likely it is. Careless is you did something that had an outcome that that could have happened. And, and it ended up happening. So it's not whether it's reasonable or unreasonable. I, I'm just surprised that that's how the um, the match review or the, the tribunal have found that because there's lots of instances. And let's say Ange uh, talked about Tom Jonas and some of these tackling decisions, you know, where blokes' heads hit the ground. Some of those, the tackle looks quite reasonable and they couldn't predict that someone's head was going to flop one way and mm. hit the ground. And... And so if you start saying, making those uh, assumptions that the, the player couldn't have reasonably predicted what was going to happen, every player should get off. I feel like if the AFL are serious about concussion and yes, it's it's Angus Brayshaw. So he's, as it was referred to last night, as the poster boy of um, concussion when it comes to the AFL. If the AFL are serious about it, in my opinion, the AFL should appeal um, no matter what happens with the appeal, but they need to be seen to be doing the right thing Mm -hmm. to protect the head. And if, if nothing comes of that, at least they're showing that they do care because I think a lot of people are surprised with the outcome. It's very much one or the other. So um, I agree with what Angie Caller said. I think they need to appeal just for the Mm. sake of appealing as well. Would would you agree with that? I would, yeah. And particularly if Laura Kane, who's new in the job, she was happy to put her name to this and say this needs Mm. to go directly to the tribunal. Well, it's it's probably her decision whether it's appealed or not. So I would suspect that that's the way it's going to go. A bit like we would all suspect that if – if it had have been three weeks, that, that Collingwood would have appealed. Yes. I think it needs to be tested because it is, I think, what we're seeing. And, and I was interested, we, we heard Ross Lyon yesterday talk about it um, and, and I thought he had a real great, a good explanation. Chris Scott 
also spoke about it. Let's have a listen to uh, Chris Scott. We will do that after the break okay. because we do need to take a little bit of a breather. So we've got all of the audio from the experts to play for you this morning. Um, and, of course, we want to hear your voice. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. And a big show today as well. We will chat to Sam Edmund about this, Mark Bickley. We also have – this is amazing. We have your opportunity to win overnight accommodation – at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. This is incredible, okay? So you get accommodation for two people in a king or twin room. Wow. Overnight parking for one car. Food and beverage credit. This is amazing. And it is the easiest way you can win. We'll give you more details on that very soon too. We are going for 26 degrees today on SENSA. Good morning. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! What a beautiful sunrise across the greatest city on earth in Adelaide right now at 18 minutes past six, going for 26 degrees today in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It is SENSA Breakfast. Mark Bickley, uh, we are going to hear from Chris Scott in a moment and his thoughts leading up to what happened with Braden Maynard last night. But as always, what we like to do every time of the morning. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion. We like to get your thoughts on the sporting issues. What's our brainstorm today, Bix? Yeah, pretty simple one. Should the AFL appeal the Braden Maynard decision that was the decision to say he has no case to answer, he is free to play. Should the AFL appeal or should they just accept the tribunal's decision? You can let us know on Twitter at 1629SENSA or are we ever going to get familiar with saying X? I don't like it. No, no, it's not my cup of tea. It's hard to change something. I don't understand it, first of all. I would have thought the brand Twitter would have been worth a lot. I agree. And yet you just toss it to the side. I just... Interestingly, on the Braden Maynard case, I just noted one of the um, um, <clears throat> commissioners or, or people on the tribunal, the what you call it, the panel, mm. was ex-Adelaide player Scott Stevens. Yeah, right. And Scott Stevens, we know, retired yes. because of concussion. So interesting aspect to that, you know, understanding, knowing exactly some of the demons that um, – Angus Brasher will be going through and, and the ongoing effects and the repercussions. So interesting slant to have him on there and, and, um, and presiding over that decision. Definitely. A massive thanks to Chemist Warehouse for being on board this week for great savings every day. Bix, you did mention Chris Scott talking about Braden Maynard. Here he is. Forget about whether you like it or not. Forget about whether you think it's right. Forget about his intent or the fact that he was trying to smother. We've been coached and we've coached our players that if you turn your body and bump someone in the head and he gets knocked out, there aren't many ways to defend that. If you're in the air to smother at training like that, would the outcome still be the same? With a no, teammate? it wouldn't be. And so maybe that's not a good argument because, well, it's not training, it's a game. And the, Again, we go back to what do you coach the players? Like, if you find yourself in that position, you have to be good enough, quickly enough, to make sure that you don't hit him with the shoulder to the head. I don't know how I feel about the whole training argument because mentally you prepare differently. It's like you're not, you are naturally not going to go in as hard as you should at training as you were with a game. And and this is the point. In a game, you play on the edge. Yes. And then you've got a player like Braden Maynard who plays on the edge of the edge. Mm. Yes. And so, so what happens is it is a fine line between staying within the rules and being careless. And 
And when you, it's like anything in life, when you fly close to the edge, sometimes you drift over. And I, and I think that's, it's just, it's, it's just an unfortunate um, scenario. Like once again, he's, he's free to play and that's great. And it was, whichever way this went, you weren't going to please everyone. All the polls were 48, 52, 49, 51, 50. It, it was a polarizing decision. And so, um, yeah, in the end, that's where it's, that's where it's landed. What you I said think, it, you said he's free to play. That's great. But who's it great for? It's great for him. Is it great for the game? Well, see, I'm, I'm a big believer that one decision doesn't decide whether the game's stuffed or the game's okay. What we've seen, this is a unique set of circumstances where a player's running front on towards another player. You know, We've played the whole season, so we've played twenty three games, twenty three rounds times nine times nine games per round, and this has happened once. So it's not going to redefine the game. But what it, what we just need to be careful of is we still have to. We're on a journey to make sure that we protect our players better. Concussion and brain injuries are the biggest risk the game is facing today. It's the biggest risk. And we have to be doing everything we can. And my feeling is if we're going to err on, on one way, let's err the other way and say it's almost unforeseen, it's very difficult, but we can't have players being knocked out. And if, we, if you are careless in that, and I think brazen, careless, living on the edge, whatever it is, if, if you've contributed to that, I think unfortunately you end up paying a price. And I think that's what's happened throughout the year with lots of different players. So I, I feel like there's some players, and we're getting some texts about Tom Jonas's tackle and about um, Willie Rioli's backhander, and and they all, I feel like they copped one for the competition and said, you know what, nobody meant to do that and nobody foresaw that outcome. But in the end, he got clocked on the head and he went off. And if something bad happens to someone's head and they go off and spend the rest of the game off, there's most likely going to be something to come of that and there's going to be an outcome. And I just feel like this doesn't quite feel right where someone gets knocked out, unconscious for two minutes, um, going to miss next week and there's someone who's going to be free to play. And and I feel like, was Braden Maynard 100% in the wrong? No. But did he contribute to it? I think in, in a... In, in a way, he did, and I think it's unfortunate for him. But I—that's the way I thought it was going to go. But like I said, I don't think it changes the fabric of the game. It—it's it, just one decision. But I think there'll be a lot of people now dissecting the way that the tribunal answered and said it wasn't unreasonable. There'll be a lot of people who now will be using that as a defence going forward. We have a handful of texts that we will get through. If you want to call us to one 736 do you think it was the right decision at the tribunal last night? Um, the big shout out to Mornteen Group Fleet 7. Massive brands. We said earlier we have a big show today. Next, we are going to give you the first clue as to who is in the hotel lobby alongside the Hotel Grand Chancellor. Kicking goals with Grand Chancellor Adelaide's free extras. Yes, your chance to win next. 
Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Just on 6.30 on SENSA alongside Beaumont Tiles, uh, you are given the chance to win a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. That's pretty special. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you're in with a chance. Uh, T's and C's apply. Bix, we have a lot of texts we'll get to in a moment regarding Braden Maynard, Jack Martin, and Travis Boak we'll talk about mm. in the footy shorts. Rooch was interesting last night. Um, you can listen to Rooch every day alongside Kim Dillon too. Um, we love listening to those boys, and you'll be able to hear them uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. So, um, Mark Bickley. This is awesome because yes. tomorrow morning we're going to be at the Hotel Grand Chancellor. We are doing our show from there. I'm going to try and stay there tonight and hopefully they are booked out so we only have one room. So we have to stay in the same room. Do you reckon you could survive with me? Um, there's a guy walking past Studio Lumo in a cowboy hat pointing at you. <laughs> that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I was so sorry. I was talking about the Hotel Grand uh, Chancellor. Oh, no cowboy. We're on the corner of King William and North Terrace, and a guy walked past with his missus in a cowboy hat and started gallon. pointing at Mark Bickley. So I don't know if you've gave missed me, a rodeo the, or something. Gave me the big thumbs up. <laughs> That's too. incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> we have um, your chance to stay. Uh, the Hotel Grand Chancellor, kicking goals with the Grand Chancellor, Adelaide's free extras. Overnight accommodation for two people in a king or twin room. Overnight parking uh, for one car. $50 mm. food and beverage credit. So, Bix, you just need to let us know. Who's in the hotel lobby? Give us the first clue. Okay, here we go. Clue one. I played my junior football at the Manopara City Football Club before moving to Melbourne. If you think you know who that is, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. He's back. Yeah! <laughs> it's Mark Bickley. Here's the news back after this. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 2047 on SENSA Breakfast going for a top of 26 degrees today. Going to be a beautiful Adelaide spring day. We're in Studio Lumo. Powered by Lumo Energy SA. The other thing that's happening this morning, Mark Bickley, alongside your calls on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Quick Bix. Can't wait. What's the? You theme were challenged today? last week, and well, I was really impressed. I was um, first couple of questions. Yeah, I was. I was. I was three goals down at quarter time, wasn't I? Effectively. Yeah, I think you really struggled. Um, very quick on this day in sport, alongside Burbank Homes, inspiring designs and personal service. On this day in sport, Michael Jordan signed a seven-year contract to play basketball with Chicago Bulls. Not bad. Pretty good uh, decision to lock him away for seven years. Very good decision. And now he's making business decisions as well because of his ownership, which he just sold to the Raptors. Charlotte Hornets. Not the, did you say the Raptors? I thought he owned the Raptors. <laughs> no. Who owns the Raptors? Uh, I'm not sure, but they are certainly not owned by okay, Michael fair, Jordan. Fair enough. I, I just thought, so Canada. They're they're a Canadian team. They're in the NBA though. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Um, once again, showing my ignorance there. Um, no, that's fine. No, no, don't. I, was, don't put yourself I, I down, read mate. something. Uh, there was 
a bloke by the name of Michael Jordan, who was a train-on player for the Green Bay Packers. Yes. And someone suggested that you can't be Michael Jordan. If your name is Michael Jordan, you have to put your initial in there, just so we all know. Yep. It's not the Michael Jordan. Yes. I don't mind that. Uh, I, I don't mind that. There's Isn't there an actor, Michael B. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. He was in Black Panther. Yeah. So he's put the B in the middle of it. Yeah, so we've got 25 more Jordans out there. You've got to have a different name. <laughs> the Ondiest Day in Sport <laughs> alongside Burbank Homes be inspired by their flexible floor pans, uh, plants and personal service. Dennis in Paraka on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You have called up for a guess as to who's in the hotel lobby. Yes. Is it uh, Craig Goulburn? Oh, my God. Gosh, you mean he's done it Dennis, early. He's done it. You superstar. Well played, Dennis. You've got that great hotel grand chancellor package now. You're going to head into the city for a, for a night's accommodation. Dennis, well done. Oh, thank you for that. What was the uh, what Excellent. was the giveaway? You know much about Manopara oh. City Footy Club? Oh, I just thought the grandson plays for um, soccer and on. Yeah. He's got a photo of him and uh, Craig Goodwin when he was a youngster, so... Um, yeah, local boy, and I remember him uh, going to Victoria first up. So, and you'd be pretty disappointed that he's no longer playing for Adelaide United, Dennis. I, uh, my um, grandson's not too happy about it, but uh, oh, well, that's sports these days, isn't it? That's exactly right. They say that's football. Well, congratulations! Thank you very much for calling in. Call any time as well, Dennis. Um, kicking goals with Hotel Grand Chancellor's exclusive SEN free extras deal. You can book direct for the win. A lot of sport going around. Mark Bickley, let's get into our sports update this morning uh, with some footy shorts too. Loop Logics, the Swiss Army knife of construction management. Let's talk footy. Okay, well, we'll do the sports update first. Disastrous eight for City 60. Batting collapses condemned Australia to an emphatic 111-run loss to South Africa in the third one-day international, so that's not great news. This is a big story in world sport. Two-time Grand Slam champion Simona Halep has been banned for four years for two separate anti-doping rule violations. The former Wimbledon and French Open champion has said she will appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, so that is not great. And New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers sustained a torn Achilles in his debut with the team and will be out for the season. Oh, dear. Harry Schomburg first. Now we're talking... Uh, I saw a slow-mo of that yesterday, and I would suggest if you don't like seeing gruesome injuries, don't have a look on Twitter or X because a lot of the reactions from American athletes was just shock because mm. you you saw what happened with that Achilles and basically rolling up the back of Aaron Rodgers' leg, which is never good. Not ideal. Now with Rodgers out, the Jets will turn to Zach Wilson as the number one quarterback. He was the number two overall pick in the 2021 National Draft. Now... Footy Shorts? Yes, Footy Shorts, Loop Logics, the future of construction management. For a free demo, visit looplogics.com.au. I wanted to start here with you, Bix, because yesterday um, with Michelangelo Rucci and Kim Dillon, the run home, this surprised me hearing about the future of Travis Boak. Both player, Travis Boak, and club, Port Adelaide, sat down in the middle of the year, and this is the way the discussion goes. Travis, you have the right to make a call on your yep. career. As Port Adelaide, we don't want to see you finish your career in the Sample. Now, Gavin Wanganeen finished his career in the Sample. Mm. Got to 300, and it was great for Mark Williams to get him to 300, yep. but he couldn't hold up and then did the knee in the Sample end of career. Port Adelaide wants Travis Boak to make the call, but the, the hint in that sort of luxury is... Don't make the call if you can't play out the full year in the AFL. Don't do that to yourself. So at this point, mm. they have parked it until the end of the year. 
If Travis Boat comes back saying he wants another year, I think Port are going to push him to limits saying, if you cannot not hold up for a full AFL year, we are going to advise you and we are going to ask you yeah. to retire. I'm really shocked by that. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there is anyone more prepared and takes better care of themselves than mm. Travis Boak. And I don't think he's been poor this season. No. Um, it's an interesting, um, the way that Michelangelo described it. That's the first time I've heard that, by the way. It is, Travis, it's your decision. But if you decide to play on, we might advise you to retire. Yes, Connor <laughs> Rosie was asked about this as well. Not yet. No, I don't think I'll be asking him if he is retiring over the next few weeks. He'll make that decision, and um, he's he's. I mean, he won our time trial in pre-season, so he's definitely not struggling um, on the fitness side of things. And um, he's been amazing for our football club. So, um, yeah, luckily I don't have to have um, a decision in that, but I'd, I'd love him to be. Because I just feel if Port win the flag, then he will retire. Mm-hmm. I reckon it's as simple as that. But if they don't say Porter knocked out this weekend or they lose the prelim and they're still in that window and Trav can still contribute, then why wouldn't you? Exactly. I'm a little bit shocked by this. Here's the thing. You say to Travis Boat, Trav, right now you're on the edge. In a year's time, maybe you're just on the edge on the other side and you're in the sandful. That is your decision. If you decide to go that way and it's a 50-50 call between you and pick a player, uh, Jackson Mead, we will be playing Jackson Mead because he's our future. That means that you might spend a lot of time in the sample. Do you want to still play? Yes, I want to take my chances. Yes, I want to back myself in. Good on you, mate. Well, here's the base wage, whatever it is, and it won't be about money. And what what ends up happening is, very similar to Rory Sloan, Travis Boak will back himself in. He'll back himself in to perform well enough to be able to get in the side. And in the worst case scenario, he doesn't make the side. Well, guess what? You've got one of the great players of your club playing in the sample, teaching your young players how to play. Like, just think it's, just think it's, you know, like Port Adelaide saying we want to protect him. We don't want him to finish in the sample. What's wrong with that? Does anyone think any less of Tom Jonas because he played sample footy this year? I don't. I actually, I actually think it showed enormous character. I saw him on the weekend. He's out injured. He was there at the game. He was laughing. He was engaged. He was supporting his teammate. Like, does anyone think any less of him because he, at the end of his career, he wasn't quite able to sustain that performance to the very end. I, I certainly don't. Yeah, I'd be really disappointed if Trav retired and it wasn't his call because I think he's earned the right, just as Rory Sloan did at Adelaide too. Um, we have lots of calls coming in, Bix. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Our footy shorts stand alongside Loop Logics, the Swiss Army knife of construction management. Let's say good morning to Nick. Uh, your thoughts on concussion and the result of what happened with Braden Maynard last night? Okay, um, I think it was the correct result with Brainerd. Um, what I, the point that I want to make with concussion is I've listened to a lot of at-length experts that both cover sport and also in the US military because they suffer a lot of problems with concussions just by firing their weapons. Now, um, look, I think the AFL need to introduce maybe like a three-strike policy where once a player's had three uh, concussions, um, they basically can't play the game anymore. Now, look, I know it sounds very harsh on a lot of players, but if you want to protect them and what's going to happen later in life, and looking at a lot of players that have basically, you know, um, the older style players that are now trying to sue the AFL, 
I think it's the only way to basically go. Mm. Um, so, so Nick, it's an interesting concept. We'll keep the actions in that cause concussion. We'll just keep pushing players out if they get concussion. I, I don't tend to agree with that. I, I tend to think let's try, as the game is trying to do at the moment, let's try as best we can to remove as many instances where we feel like it doesn't affect the fabric of our game. Now, once again, this, this is a line ball. People would say, this has been happening in our game forever. And, um, and Braden Maynard didn't do a lot wrong. So right now we're still grappling with it. Are we going to be perfect? No. Sometimes we're going to go too far on the suspension route. Sometimes we're going to go not far enough. And I think this one's just that gray area. And once again, it's, it's one instance that's happened in 24 rounds effectively. So whatever 24 times nine is, that's a lot of games. We haven't seen this one before. It just gives us an opportunity to think a little bit about it and, and come up with a solution. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Good morning to you, Dave. You've got Mark Bickley. Good day, mate. How are you? Yeah, um, well. I, just want to talk, I, I just want to park the bracial stuff to one side. I feel for the blokes. But I'm thinking about Maynard's mental health. Like, he's been through the ringer since Thursday. Will he be right to play? Should Collingwood leave him out? Like, and tell him to go sit by a waterfall for the rest of the year? Like, how does this, all this mental stuff work? I think you'll be okay. I, I think it would have been stressful, but I think when you get the result that you want, I think that he's um, he's going to be okay. He's got a little bit of time now to focus. He doesn't play for another week and a half, does he? Like they've got the they've got the buy this weekend because they won through to the the prelim final. So I think he's got plenty of time to get himself organised, Dave. Thank you for the call, Dave. You can keep them coming in. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can also head into Chemist Warehouse for great saving, uh, savings every day. I'll tell you what he would have needed. He would have needed a lot of support if it had gone the other way. And that um, he was, you know, let's say it was three matches and he was going to miss the prelim and the grand final. You know, I've, I know speaking to some of the guys that didn't play in the 97 grand final, through, this was through injury as opposed to suspension, but it, uh, it really played on their mind. You know, they're happy for their teammates, but they're shattered that they didn't get the opportunity. And, and then everyone's celebrating and then, then they felt like they couldn't really celebrate because yeah. they weren't a part of it. And then you feel like, have I trained my whole life to get to here and now I'm going to miss it? So there's a whole range of emotions that, that Braden Maynard would have been going through. Uh, and if it didn't go his way, he would have needed some support, no doubt. Still to come on the show, uh, Barat Sundaracen is going to join us from SEN Cricket to talk about the disastrous 8-for-60 batting collapse from the Australians against South Africa. Also, Sam Edmund to discuss the feedback and the reaction of a lot of Victorians in regards to Braden Maynard, Jack Martin, and plenty more quick picks. And, of course, your calls. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We're in Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Good morning. Mom Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Six minutes to seven, SENSA Breakfast. Our number, one 736 736 If you are listening on the app, not only can you see inside Studio Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA, um, you can text us and call us directly from there. 
Bix, a bit of a world game update for you, if I may, alongside Please. Christian Brothers College, the world before us. Um, Ange Postacoglu, we're on Ange Watch. You can listen to all of the Hotspur games on SEN2. He's spoken about the decision of why he joined the team, which currently sits second on the Premier League table. I think the fact that it is one of the biggest clubs in the world, but it hasn't had success for a very long time, was probably the key driver for me. Because I think when you go into a challenge like that, you know that should you be able to, you know, implement the things you want to, and you know, um, all things being able, it goes well. You you can make an impact and, and leave a mark um, on on the club you've worked for, and that's what I've tried to do with all my clubs. So that's that was the biggest attraction for me. The the, the fact that the club hasn't had a lot of success, it, it kind of is coming off a a particularly poor season, even by its own standards, and um, the opportunity there to create something. So he's very happy with how they're going at the moment. Ange, everyone loves Ange, and we love the world game. Um, another one is Craig Goodwin, who we spoke about, has jumped on a plane, and I saw overnight he's arrived at training at Alweta, and he's playing Friday. Wow. So, so on Thursday, it's announced he's leaving. He gets married on Saturday. He leaves Monday night and goes to Saudi, first game on Friday. I'd be interested more in what day's payday. When's, when's the first paycheck? I just want to see it go in the bank account. Yes. That'd be pretty cool. Too. I agree. Christian Brothers College, the world before us. And we've we got a lot to pay of... you to be the MC. That's where the first paycheck's going. He did not have to pay me, but I said on the microphone, Craig has announced that he has a life-changing decision that he needed to make. And... Through his decision, my decision to MC the wedding also changed rapidly. <laughs> and as they say there. in the business, that's football. <laughs> so uh, we've got a lot of texts coming in 0427 154 166. Um, we were talking about the news that Michelangelo Rucci dropped yesterday on the run home with Kimbo and the Rucci. Exactly, Bix. How dare our club give Travis Boke an ultimatum? If Saturday night is Travis's last game for the club, it will also be mine as a 20-year Black Diamonds member. That's from Michael. Mm. I feel a lot of um, supporters will have the same sentiment as Michael too. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because, like you said, if something were to happen and and uh, Travis or Port Adelaide were to lose, that could potentially be his last game. It's, it's not exactly how you envisage it ending for one of your club legends. A lot of texts coming through um, around the Braden Maynard incident. This one's from Leo, which is a really good text. If this Maynard incident happened in round one, would we have the same outcome? What do you think? Well... Bro? I was going to ask you the same question. Is their finals loading or are they more lenient when it comes to finals because they want the best players playing in the finals? I think they, history would say it tends to be a little bit more lenient. Trent Cotchin, I reckon, may have been a little bit lucky to survive a, a collision in a prelim final. Uh, and and we know that Jack Martin got his reduced from two weeks to one week. And that's the interesting one, I think, Bear, because we got a text from Lindsay on 0427154166 saying, I'm not surprised that Ma- uh, Maynard got off. I'm stunned that Martin got his penalty reduced. I don't think I'm being parochial when I say that if a non-Victorian club had appealed this suspension, the first reaction would have been a laugh. The second would have been the shortest hearing in match review appeal history. Mm. The question I wanted to ask, though, is you can you can almost mount a case for Braden Maynard being in the air, not having the time to make a split-second yep. decision to get out of the way of Angus Brayshaw, resulting in him being knocked out for two minutes. But you almost can't make a case for someone doing what 
Jack Martin had done. And if we're trying to protect the players, that wasn't a split second decision. That was a decision that he made. Yes. Mm. So wouldn't you think that that one should have no right to appeal? Yeah. They appealed the, the, the grading. So that was rated as high impact. They got it downgraded to medium impact. I'm just not sure on what basis because Blakey was one stunned, went straight to ground. Two stayed down. Trainer came out. He was holding his jaw. Three went off. Went downstairs. Had to be off for 20 minutes while he had a concussion test. So what we're saying is there's two more levels above that. So if that's if they've graded that as medium, so literally you have to knock someone out to be rated as high. Do you? What's high if that's medium? Mm. Maybe concuss someone, don't come back on. But then I would have thought that would be severe. So I, I was just a little bit surprised by that. Although Lindsay, Lindsay talked about the parochial, um, you know, the Victorian club appealed the suspension. I'm a little bit over the parochialism because everyone's got short memories. Lindsay said, if a non-Victorian club had appealed his decision, the first reaction would have been a laugh. Well, Toby Bedford appealed his decision and got off from a one-week suspension down to no suspension. That was the week before. When Sydney hit the post, it was the VFL decision because they want Sydney in the finals. Like, we just got to get over it. it um, there's ebbs and flows. Sometimes things go with some teams, but this I, I don't think there is a, a VFL sentiment as such where they favour Melbourne teams over Adelaide teams. Are you suggesting that it might be a little bit of suki suki la la? <laughs> Victorian teams at different stages have some advantages, but so do interstate teams. I think the Victorian teams sometimes their advantages outweigh interstate teams, but I don't think they make decisions based on, uh, we'll look after this team because they're from Melbourne. Keep the text and calls coming in. Um, if you are the caller or text of the day, the Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. There's a, there's a couple of things to think about when you call or text. How do you feel? Will the AFL appeal? And if this was a crow or a power player, would you be feeling the same way? Do we mm. do we like it here in South Australia because we like seeing a bit of controversy surround the Collingwood Football Club because it, it takes the pressure off Adelaide and Port Adelaide? Let us know. We'll talk to you after the news. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Very good morning to you at three minutes past seven on SENSA. 26 degrees we are going for today. A beautiful Wednesday Footy finals are here. As always, there's controversy. Uh, we are here alongside Chemist Warehouse for great savings every day. And a huge shout out to DT and the team at More Team Group Fleet. Seven massive brands still to come on the show. Barat Sunder Racing to talk about the Australian cricket team. Sam Edmund with everything going on in Melbourne this week. And Quick Picks, challenging one today, Mark Bickley. What's it about? Can't tell you. Oh, can't tell me. And there's no help today. Okay. I felt guilty last week because you struggled and I don't like to see you upset. <laughs> I wasn't upset. Oh, you don't like getting things wrong. Well, who does? Yeah, it's a fair call. Okay. So I think we need to get down to business once again as we head into our daily agenda. This is a hot topic. 
one of the biggest stories of the season. There's been a lot of big AFL stories this season, but uh, Braden Maynard getting off last night, and I was surprised. I was sitting on the couch and just scrolling through my social media and having a look at David Zeta's updates. And yes, like so many others, I was surprised that he has no case to answer. Um, let's have a listen to David Zeta, uh, David Zeta before we hear from you, Mark Bickley. I'll, uh, I'll give it to you as break, broken down as I can. So he said that we find Maynard's decision to smother the way that he did was reasonable. They were not at all satisfied, the tribunal, that a reasonable player would have foreseen that such violent impact of the type suffered by Brayshaw was either inevitable or even likely. There were many variables in this instance. It is asking a lot of a player to decide in a fraction of a second which various ways to land and which of those ways might result in which type of reportable offence. We find Maynard was not careless in either his decision to smother or the way in which his body formed. We are clearly satisfied Maynard did not engage in the act of bumping Brayshaw. And the other provision, in order, for, in order for it to be concluded that he engaged in the act of bumping, it would be necessary to find that he formed that intention when in midair at approximately the apex of his leap. We accept the evidence of the biomechanist Professor Cole as being consistent with a common sense viewing of the video evidence. Maynard had no real time to form that intention. So all of those reasons uh, sum up why Braden Maynard has been cleared of rough conduct at the AFL Tribunal. There you go. That's David Zeta summing up the Tribunal. Uh, tribunal. <laughs> Can't say that word. No, that's okay because I called him Zavid Dita. <laughs> okay. one 736 is the number and Simon's given us a call. Simon, your thoughts? Yeah, guys. Yeah, a lot of talk about this and there's uh, uh, a lot of talk about the, how nice the guy is and, and obviously the links to families where there's been concussion. I think all that's relevant if it was a deliberate and malicious act. Mm. And um, then, obviously, you looked at the character and, and the damage it's done. But when it's a purely an accident, um, I think it's a bit unfair to put that on in, in regard to the judgment. I, I get it's very emotional. I, I think the problem that you would have had is if they had found Maynard guilty, it starts to change the fabric of the AFL game. It starts to say that maybe we're getting to a point where it's not a contact sport in particular areas of the way we play the game now, that there's certain... You're going to have to change a lot of the rules if we're having to avoid physical contact in every contest. I just think it would be game-changing if that's guilty when it's not clearly a malicious act. I just think it's, we're getting into a very difficult territory if we start to do that. If they really want to look at the concussion rules, there's some other things that they haven't looked at and no-one talks about. That is, A, how fit and fast the players are and how high speed the impacts are and how hard they've made all the grounds i know you guys have you know what at least one of you played footy and mm. when you know and, and at a very elite level the grounds 20 years ago were very soft and the pace was out of the game for a lot of the games even on a dry day so the idea now that we've got these absolutely perfect surfaces where the guys can travel like at, at, at high speed impacting almost every contact contest the idea that people aren't going to get hurt, given that those circumstances in which we've designed the game, I just think it's na naive. Mm. Hey, Simon, that's a really balanced uh, look at it, and we thank you for your call. Uh, now, let's also hear something a little bit unique last night, and Mark Bickley, that was Eddie Maguire celebrating Brandon Maynard. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, justice has been done. for the power. 
<laughs> dinner. I like it. Sit down. The Sit down. <laughs> um, on our text line, 0427154166. Um, this is from Lance of Paradise. While I agree with the Maynard clearance, I can't help but think that if it was a player from either Adelaide club involved in the finals, both the outrage out of Melbourne and the MRO outcome would have been different. So this theme continues to go through. Um, but, but here's the thing. What we are saying here is the people on the on the panel of the tribunal, they they want to make sure that he got off. So here's the panel members, Jeff Gleeson, Darren Gaspar, and Scott Stevens. I don't know where Jeff Gleeson's from, but Gaspar is a Western Australian and Scott Stevens is a Western Australian. Gaspar played at Sydney and Scott Stevens played at Sydney and Adelaide. What's their in, what, what's their incentive? That's the they're they're impartially um, appointed to to this to sit on the tribunal, and I know Scott Stevens is not anyone that's of more higher integrity. Like I just don't understand how they think this happened. If it's if the AFL don't want Braden Maynard to be suspended, why did Laura Kane go out of her way to put her name on it to make sure that it went up when potentially? Uh, it, it mightn't have even been cited. There, there just is no evidence supporting that. one three hundred seven three six seven three six in Norwood. Good morning to you, John. Your thoughts? Yeah, I just think um, uh, the, the Chris O, the, he did get it right. They went to him straight away and he said, no case to answer. And at the end of the day, Melbourne Footy Club with Brayshaw be interested it, very interesting to see if he plays any more through the year because this guy, I feel sorry for him. He's had that many hits to the head and where's their duty of care for him? So it would be very interesting. Mm. But as far as I'm concerned, they got it right. And Mark, your comments about Stevens, he's been there, had that many knocks and knocks around. He's, he's very, very qualified person to uh, sit there Mm. and um, that's all I can say but Mark uh, the Chriso does the uh, match review review, officer he he got it right and the powers above him didn't want to didn't want to bar it thanks John I still think it was right to test it to send it there to even if they came up, it still. Should, I think it, it needed to be tested. So uh, if that's the way it's gone and it's come up in that manner and they've said no case to answer, at least we've, we've got some sort of conclusive outcome. And people now have a bit of a cider and have a guideline for it. So, um, yeah, there you go. I think what we should do next, Bix, is go through all the texts we have received because there's plenty of them and we love hearing from you. So keep them coming in, 0427154166. Just a quick reminder as well, if this is the first time you've listened this week, this is massive. Um, with um, the NFL starting uh, last weekend, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shopping store at Beaumont's before November 12 and you are in with a chance. T's and C's apply. It is 11 minutes past Seven going for 26 degrees today. Your text next. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 16 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Your local Tire Power by four Toyo Open Country Tires. And you could win a trip to Vegas. It's not bad, Mark Bickley. You've been to Vegas before? I have, a long time ago. 
Did you have a good? Was it a footy trip? It was. Yes. Oh, who'd you go with? Uh, the Adelaide Football Club. In 90, the whole club. The whole club. Nineteen ninety-one. The that's, whole club. Well, that's what we used to do back then. We used to raise money, and then all. You used to away. raise money by doing like those strip shows, didn't you? Nah. <laughs> strip shows. No, not you. Didn't you boys used to raise money like for your footy nah, trip, like fireman calendars and getting your gear off? Oh, no, we used to do things like have at the end of the year, all the spare pairs of footy boots and all other things. No, you had a crow show at the end of the year where you got people to go and you took your shirts off. No, we did a player's review type thing where we sung songs and carried on. Did you take your shirt off? No, I didn't have much to show. So that was at yeah, Lenny's. You would have had to wear sunglasses. Lenny, Lenny's nightclub. That <laughs> yeah. Was anyway, uh, we went to Las Vegas and, uh, and LA and lots of Hawaii, lots of other places. Oh, someone's doing well. Okay, so 0425, uh, 0427154166. <laughs> um, we got plenty of texts coming in about what's happened with Braden Maynard, and we'd love you to call in too, but let's go through some of these texts, okay? So this one is from Josh from Renown Park, who says, diehard D supporter here. Sad for us, but we can't expect... Maynard to react that quickly, complete accident. So that's um, the perspective of a D supporter. Yeah, and and good on you for being able to look at it uh, dispassionately. And, and I don't think as well, and the biomechanist, although my eyes glaze over when they <laughs> introduce a biomechanist to the tribunal hearing because, you know, I'm not sure how relevant it is, but he talked about once he reached the apex and he didn't smother it, he had 0.1 of a second or whatever. For me, that's not the, that's not the, the debate here. The debate here is whether it was careless and whether he should have ran at the opposition and jumped up in the air and thought about maybe what the consequences might have been. But anyway, uh, thank you for that, Josh. This is uh, Graham Wright, Pies footy boss, talking about the biomechanist last night. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of work goes into it, but that was um, uh, obviously there's four hours or three hours of, of tribunal transcripts. I'm sure you all read and go through, but yeah, I, that was really to do with the time that someone has to make a decision when they're mid-air um, and you know, whether you can consciously make that decision. So that, that was basically what that, um, that evidence comes through uh, with the expert we had. Are you... So lots of text still coming in on 0427154166. I like this one. I think Maynard was given a fair hearing. I don't believe that it was Victorian bias. Definitely not Collingwood bias. In saying that, Brayshaw possibly gets a week for careless collision with a Pies player. Thanks, Eddie Maguire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another one from Brett says, uh, sorry, Daniel says, Bix, Jeff Gleeson is a Collingwood member. That's a massive conflict. That's why they have three panel members, perhaps. But um, I think... I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I'd, I'd be surprised if he was allowed to be a member if he's the chairman of the tribunal. Mm. Um, but we'll move on. Uh, this one's from Brett. It says, Mark, just say yes or no. If it was, say, Tom Jonas, Charlie Dixon or Sam Powell Pepper, do you think it would have been the same outcome? I'm going to say yes. Like, Braden Maynard is the Toby Green. He's the bad boy of, of you know, footy. He's not like he's a Scott Pendlebury. So... Uh, I don't know. I just, I just like to think there's some integrity in the tribunal because the people involved are people of high integrity. Yes, and Renee sent in this one, which we were speaking about this morning, Renee. So we love you listening and sending in um, your text. Good morning. Will the AFL appeal the decision on the Maynard decision, um, considering their supposed stance on concussions and head knocks? So Bix and I this morning were in agreement saying that they should appeal it if the, the AFL were continuing to support the uh, progression of taking care of the players' well-being and head knocks, looking at what's going to happen in the next couple of years and what is happening now with concussion, they should appeal it. Mm. 
I think I, I think they should once again, if they truly believe it, um, and and I suspect that Laura Kane did truly believe it. You get this sense that Michael Christian, the match review officer, said, "You know what? That's a footy incident." And Laura Kane said, "No, nah, we need to test this at the tribunal," and that's why it went there. Um, and so, if she's had of that belief, I think they'd probably test it. Anyway, Daniel's given us a call. Hey, Daniel, how are you? Good. How are you, Bix? Very, very well, thank you. I'm, I'm just ringing, like, listening to the tribunal last night, and they brought in the biomechanist. Yeah. It's our whole lives. Have I been calling my mechanic the wrong thing? Shall we call him a mechanist? <laughs> a mechanist. <laughs> biomechanic, isn't, isn't, he a, isn't he a biomechanic? Yeah, that's a really good point, Daniel. I like... I like where you're coming from. Hey, hey do you have a Sandful team, Daniel? Uh, yeah, the Roosters, but they finished a uh, couple of weeks ago. Got oh, some no. Sandful tickets if you want them, mate, for giving us a call. Thank you for that. Really good cool, call. It is going to be a fantastic weekend of Sandful finals action, no matter your club colours. Balfour's are for the game. Thank you for the call. Our number, if you do want to call us, one 736 736 Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 27 minutes past seven on SENSA Breakfast. Good morning. Uh, the sample show's on today as well, Mark Bickley. 1.30, I'll be joined by Dan Menzel. Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game, I had a listen to uh, the run home last night, Kimbo and the Rooch, having a chat to Harry Grant from Centrals, who has story. Uh, AFL aspirations still. He had an outstanding season. Um, we also wanted to give our, a shout-out to Con and Lena at the Brighton Trophy Centre. They have supported us from day one, and we're very grateful for everyone's support. They were on the TV yesterday, Brighton Trophy Centre. Well, what did they do? Something great? Some new advertising. Yeah. Apparently, the driver who was driving unlicensed and on um, a licensed uh, illicit substance crashed their cart right outside Brighton Trophy Centre. So I saw Lena being interviewed by television <laughs> networks last night, and that is the perfect amount of free advertising. Have a look; she's safe, and mm. she's uh, probably going to uh, have a few issues in court. But um, shout out to Con and Lena who are okay and just had a bit of TV time promoting the Brighton Trophy Centre thanks to um, a stolen car and they're presenting a, a trophy to the tow truck driver. <laughs> Great job, they said. We've got a couple of texts before we head to the news. Yeah, this one's uh, aimed at you, Walsh. Surely United could have used their marquee spot for Craig Goodwin. We all know he wanted to stay, and Adelaide said no to his offer. He was our socceroo, our goal scorer, our hero. He packed out Cooper Stadium on his own. Reds fans are not happy. And how is the club being run at the moment? And I do worry for this season and where it is headed. All the best to Craig and his family. He deserves better. Wow, there you go. I agree with the text message. I think it's a very good text. I think uh, it's certainly in the running for the Signet Boost Power Bank. I'm so disappointed we've lost Craig Goodwin and there's a lot of um there's a there's two sides to it in regards to a football decision a business decision and somewhere you have to kind of meet in the middle but no one wins out of this I don't think anyone wins out of it no well uh, this once again dispassionately could you not say that if you know what once the decision had been made and he's going to go because it's a it's a godfather offer yeah how do we best make this work for it so it's not so much you don't win from it now, but right now Adelaide have a transfer fee, which is a sizable amount. Yeah. It's what next? It's what next? What do you do with that money? Yes. How do you spend it? 
how do you invigorate your club with that money? That's that's the big question now. The other watch this space in regards to Craig is uh, if he comes back to Australia, the only team he'll play for is Adelaide United. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling he'll be back sooner than we think. The way that these teams in Saudi Arabia work, um, it word for word, it was put to me that the owners get bored. So it's as simple as a coaching change where Craig now becomes one of the foreigners on the list and the squad in the Saudi team. So mm. you have a new manager that comes in. And for example, at his previous club, yeah. he had a Portuguese manager come in who wanted players from Portugal to come and play at the Saudi club. Mm. So he might see Craig and go, you're actually surplus to our needs now. Um, and because they've got so much money, they can come to an agreement, pay him out. He comes back to Australia with a payout and he plays for Adelaide United again. Yep. He will be back sooner than we think. Mm. Well, that, And that's why you've got to leave on good terms, isn't it? Like I, I totally make, agree. Make sure the, the ability to, to come back in. Uh, another text coming through on 0427154166. It says, surely the AFL can only appeal if they believe there's been a breaking of the current laws, which their own tribunal says there wasn't. However, the AFL does have the right to close that loophole to start next season. Any football act that results in the potential for someone to be knocked unconscious for two minutes needs to be outlawed. Disagree? Go chat to John Platten. Well, the, the appeal process will just be about... Um, the, the the tribunal members said it wasn't unreasonable uh, f- for him and he couldn't have foreseen what was going to happen. I think that would be the point that that the AFL will be appealing, saying, well, if you run straight at someone and jump in the air, your forward momentum will carry you forward. It's not unreasonable to expect you are going to collide and that if there's a collision, this is a possible outcome. And so, once again, all the biomechanists about turning the shoulder and – to me, that is immaterial. The decision was made, should I run flat out and jump at the footy? Now, I don't think, Braden, to be honest, I don't think Braden Maynard even thought about what was going to happen if he didn't smother the ball. I think it was just purely instinctive. The question would be, should he have thought about it? Should he have thought about what happens if I career straight forward and jump and I don't smother it? What am I, what's, what's going to happen next? And what happened next was he smashed into a bloke and knocked him out. And so that, to me, is the point. I reckon they have to come back a bit. And, and that was pretty much what Ross Lyon said yesterday about reversing it up. Once you jump in the air, all bets are off. You can't really unscramble that egg because you can't stop yourself in midair. The decision is, should I jump and should I sort of take that action. We still have a stack of texts we'll get through before the end of the show too. Next, we will be catching up with one of our mates though, mate Fair Dinkum Internet Without the Fuss, and that is Barat Sunderason, who is going to talk about the Australian cricket team in the lead up to the summer of cricket and plenty more as well. It is SENSA. Tyre Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local Tyre Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 24 to 8. Good morning to you. On Wednesday, the 13th of September, Mark Bickley. Uh, still lots of texts to read out very soon. And our number, one 736 736 
regards to Braden Maynard, Sam Edmund will join us just after 8 o'clock in Quick Bix, not too far away, but it was a disastrous 8 for 60 batting collapse, condemning Australia to a 111-run loss to South Africa in the third ODI, their, la- their third largest defeat against the Proteus. So we thought we would go straight to our critic, uh, cricketing expert and... I've been I've been preparing for this, so are you are you ready to hear yep. something special? Yeah, I'm good. Are you I'm sure? Ready to go. All right. Bye. Sunrayson, good morning to you. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. Thank you. Uh, good morning to you guys. Hey, look, you, you very soon th- that could be the the theme song for the country of India. Don't forget, uh, they are naming it after me. Uh, uh, you know, thank you, thank you. I they know we're uh, all really excited. Yeah, well, it was a matter of time, right? Um, <laughs> and like, you know, most most people have to wait till they're sixty to have a stand named after them. Like, I'm getting a country at thirty-eight. Eh, that's not bad. Like, oh, I yeah. think that is incredible, and it's more incredible that, than what happened with the the Australian team. There is so much cricket going on at the moment, Barat, and that's mm. that's the reason we got you on because is it something that we need to look uh, with a little bit of caution leading into a World Cup with the performance overnight? Um, yes and no. Uh, look, I think what, uh, like you know, you, like you said, there's the Asia Cup going on, uh, and with the Australian Tour of South Africa. So most of the teams who have qualified for that World Cup uh, are in action. And, and I think the one thing I have noticed with these pitches is uh, there are there is a bit of turn and grip. I mean, Travis had bowled beautifully when Australia had the ball in their hand. Uh, I thought Tanvir Sangha's uh, debut was pretty impressive as well. So, uh, I mean, Australia, even though they lost last night, would take a lot from the fact that uh, it happened on a pitch which will is sort of similar to what they will uh, encounter in India during that World Cup. And don't forget, they have those three ODIs against India before the World Cup starts as well. Uh, so I think it's all part of the preparation. And they started strong, didn't they? They mm. were scoring at, what, 10 and over in the first eight or nine overs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that middle order for once hasn't fired. And Mitchell Marsh hasn't fired. Uh, and that's a big key position. There's a lot of talk that he'll occupy that number three position ahead of Steve Smith, and Smith will be pushed down to number four. Uh, but, I mean, unless he gets uh, some runs in this 50-over format, he was very successful at T20 cricket, of course, um, you know, that, that position will uh, will have to be given a second look. Uh, but I think it's all part of the whole preparation for the World Cup. Australia couldn't have asked for anything better. Mm. Um, let's just talk quickly about the match. Six for 338, that's a cracking total. The Aussies were one mm. for 140. You said uh, they got away to a cracking start. Tell us about Dave Warner. He was flying, he was on 78. What happened with this run out? I know it was like one of those things, right? I don't know whether uh, how many hour replays you look at it. It's just like, uh, do you blame him completely for it, or like was it just a misunderstanding? Yeah, I think it was just one of those things. Mm. But you're right. I mean, but what I mean, the positives that Australia will take from David Warner in these two games is just the fluency. You're right. I mean, he's batting like the Warner of old. Yes. Right, like the dominant David Warner, and I think uh, we've spoken so much about him in Test cricket and at times in T20 cricket. We forget that he's one of the greatest ever to do it in 50-over cricket. What he's uh, right up there with some of the best to have ever done it. Uh, right. I mean, obviously, you can't compare him with the Indians because they just play so many more in- one-day internationals that they all clock up 30, 40 hundreds. But I think David Warner is a one-day great. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're seeing some really good signs from him. And he is an ICC player. I mean, remember the number of hundreds he made in the last World Cup. So he'll be a key figure when uh, Australia go there. But yeah, I mean, he would 
we didn't want to look back at that run out. Barak, can I ask you a really quick question before we let you go in regards to the BBL? They've shortened the format this year in Australia, so there's less games, especially home games. So the Adelaide Strikers mm-hmm. fans will get really excited to see those games, especially in New Year's Eve. But what we have noticed that there are so many T20 competitions around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, the US is growing as a market rapidly, and that also means there's a lot more money overseas. So um, is this something that we should make the most of the BBL while we've got it at this capacity, or do we just need to be better while everyone else around us is growing? No, unfortunately, I think it's the, it's the former. Uh, and I, as much as it pains my heart to say this, we just have to make the most of what we uh, have right now as, as what we call the BBL. Uh, because the other leagues, like you said, are growing and they're encroaching into whatever space they can find, uh, right? I mean, the, if anything, the SAT20 League and the Emirates League uh, they clash with each other. So they look at the BBL as something that they can take advantage of in that sense because it's all Indian money, right? Like all those owners or mainly the owners of those franchises are, are IPL owners. So I think they're so desperate to build their brand that they will look at this space as they have in the last uh, uh, 12 months or so as something they can uh, really uh, stamp their authority on. And, and I think unless... Uh, and Usman Khawaja said this in the past as well. Eventually, I think the BBL might have to look at private investment, but I know it's not part of this Australian culture, uh, but it, it might come down to that. Like, And that's just the reality. Mm. Barat, thanks for your time. We'll talk again soon. No worries, guys. And uh, yeah, I look forward to coming on just to hear you guys with, you know, shout out my name and that. Well, I, I think it's really important, Barrett, because I have done it and Mark Bickley and I are a team. So, Bix, it's your turn okay. to do it right now. I need so, you to play it a bit longer. I'm going to play it and then we'll hear Barrett's reaction. Here we go, Mark Bickley. Three, two, one. What do you think? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, your your Bharat passport will be on its way, Mark. Bharat Sunraysen, thank you very much for joining us. So um, he made reference to that at the start, but are you across what's going on? The no, push no. for So there's a push for India to change its name to Bharat, mm. which has been in the news for the past seven days. So that's why Bharat thinks it's because of him. So he's yeah. going to have a statue and a, a standing. You know, there's places over the, uh, all around the world that are changing their names, like Turkey is now Turkia. So there's uh, different, um, and I'm not good with geography, but I did know that. So, mm, by you, that, you did very well with the singing. Um, that. Can I play something else in relation to singing before you, we get you into do whatever quick you picks? want? You push the buttons. So the Adelaide 36ers, Isaac Humphreys has rejoined the team after a stint at Melbourne United, and I saw very this good. morning on social media he has released his first song. Yeah, he's in my head. I'm in my mind Everything is always racing all the time When I first heard that, I thought, is this just a recording of Sam Smith? I think he sounds very much like Sam Smith. Very talented. Very talented. And let's hope he stays fit so he can perform for the 36ers. Awesome. We're going to try and catch up with them before the end of the week. You can have a look at Isaac's socials and uh, all the places. You get good music if you want to download that song. Speaking of the NBL. I'm glad you played that after I sang. That just that flattened me. Mm. Mm. 
I'm glad that I got you to do that too. So thank you for doing that. Um, together with the advertiser, we are looking for Australia's basketball super coach. There is a prize pool, including cash merchandise and NBL experiences uh, worth over $10,000 for your local club, your coach and you. Just register to play super coach for your chance to win a bonus two and a half grand. I can win.com.au. The Adelaide 36ers hopefully are going to have a good season and uh, their jersey is the best 36ers jersey I've seen in the past decade, Mark Bickley. That's a big call for me. I'm wow. a jersey. I'm you, a jersey nerd. You're a jersey guy. Looks amazing. The font's a little bit different. Sixes on the front looks very good. We'll have to get you one. You're not a jersey guy. I'm not really a jersey guy. I'm not a singlet guy. You know, like just not my go. You wore a hat last week, which is good. So I'm helping you with your fashion and your social media. And <laughs> I'm a different era than you. No, yeah. I love it. Um, it is 15 minutes to eight on SENSA. 26 degrees. We are going uh, for today. And Barat's under race. And one of our mates, Fair Dinkum Internet, without the fuss. Quick pick straight after this. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Parker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 10 to 8 on SENSA Breakfast. Uh, Mark Bickley, the morning today is outstanding. I mean, this is one of those days where you look forward to walking outside Studio Lumo. The sun is shining. People are smiling, a random bloke in a cowboy hat walked past us before. If you wanted to see that video, it's on our Twitter or X right now at 1629 SENSA because I was mid-sentence talking about the wonderful people Mm. at the Hotel Grand Chancellor because we're hopefully going to stay there tonight. We're going to be live there tomorrow morning. And then a guy walked past wearing a cowboy hat, Mm. gave you a thumbs up, he recognized you. He looked like he'd just stepped sort of off a Cattle truck or something, didn't he? He did. Like, he, his lariat was probably just in the back of his ute, ready to go. What? <laughs> what Do you know what a lariat is? It's a rope. Oh, because I've heard that <laughs> referred to as something. <laughs> Come on, mate. Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can say. <laughs> Who's dumped that? No. Are we on air? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what would your mind go there? Because I've only heard that word referred to a part of your body, which is. <laughs> oh, so I was going to say that our attention span is really short. Now I'm thinking about old mate with his lariat. So let's just get into um, this, which we love doing. <laughs> Don't Google it on the work computer. No, don't. A long, light rope used with a running noose to catch livestock. Okay, now look at the Urban Dictionary version of it. I'm telling you, goodness me. Um, How does Quick Bix work, please? So this is how it works. You ask me six questions and I have to answer them. I've got ten seconds. You normally play a bit of think music. And if there's one that's a little bit tricky, I have the ability to say, stop, I want an extension. And, yep. I get, and I get an extra 10 seconds. Okay, so I've made it pretty challenging today, but as always, oh, you proved me wrong. And today is no different. So what I thought I would do this week, because we have celebrated Novak Djokovic being the oldest player to win the US Open at the age of 36. Mm. So Pretty good. Today's Quick Bix is the age game. The age game? Yes. So Novak is the oldest player to win the US Open. Mm. You are the oldest man on radio at the moment. So (laughs) I thought we could 
make it themed about age. Six questions. Good luck. Okay. Mark Bickley. Question one in the age game edition of Quick Bix. In 2011, Oren Stephenson was the oldest first-time draftee in AFL history. He was drafted at age 29. He was drafted at what, age what 29. Year? 2011. In 2011. He was drafted at age 29. Mm-hmm. He also played for two clubs, name them. Oren Stephenson. Oren Stephenson. Don't know the answer, so I'm going to have a guess. You're not calling the extension now because your time's okay. up. I'll have an extension. Oh, jeez. Extension. Let me think about it. Uh, do you want me to give you a clue? Yes, please. I'd like to help you out. So both of these clubs in the past 20 years have won premierships. Mm. Mm. So I'd be a deal if I didn't say Hawthorne. You'd be a deal if you did say Hawthorne. Is incorrect? <laughs> um, Geelong. He was drafted by Geelong, yeah. and he went to another premiership club. Mm, Richmond. Yeah, that's correct. Well done. Good job. Tough one to start off with. Been drafted at 29, hey? What? How old was Ian Callanan when he got drafted? Or James Podziadley? First time draftee I'm talking about, though. First time. I don't think Ian Callanan was drafted before. I, I might have to look that up. But anyway, no, no, I don't want to question you. Well, you are. No, I'm not. You are literally questioning me. When you say, I don't want to question you in the <laughs> middle of questioning me. Okay. Uh, I, hope, I hope you're right. Question two. <laughs> so do I. Um, Pete Carroll is the oldest current NFL head coach at age 71. He actually turned 72 in two days. He's the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Mm. In what year did they last win the Super Bowl? Do you want me to give you multiple choices? Yes, please. Okay, because you were going to answer it very quickly, but your multiple choice is this. A, 2013, B, 2014, C, 2015. Seattle Seahawks. Yep. Time's up. What do you think? 2013. 2013 is correct. Well done. How'd you work that one out? Yes. It's the, it's the old multiple choice. It's never the middle one. So it can only be 50-50, high or low. So I went low. It's never the middle one, is it? Mm. We've got a multiple choice coming up. Uh, question <laughs> three in the age game edition of Quick Bix. Chris Judd, Michael Voss and Tony Lockett all have something in common. They are Brownlow medalists. But they were also the same age at winning the Brownlow. How old were they? Chris Judd. Michael Voss. Voss. Tony Lockett. 2003. I'm going to say they were 22. Incorrect. 20. Mm. There you go. You okay? I thought they were older. Clearly. <laughs> That's why I yeah. said 22. Yeah, that kind of gave it away. Um <laughs> You're struggling today, I but it's all right. Hey, it's all right, though. It's this okay. is okay. This is all right. Um, well, it's, it's a bit more random, these questions. Not really. Not if you actually cared about what you do. Um, <laughs> question four in the age game edition of Quick Bix. Josh Giddy is the youngest player to record an NBA triple-double at 19 years and 84 days old. Mm-hmm. He broke the record of another former NBL player. What's his name? This player, his name is basketball related. (laughs) And it's not Stephen Dribble.
or Nigel technical foul. <laughs> Ring hoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, Lamelo ball. Yeah, good one. Well done. Good job. He's got you two other brothers. Lamelo ball. Going to get that? Did you? What's his other brothers' names? Um, no, I don't know. Basketball. Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. Leangelo. Leangelo. And his dad is Lavar, and his long lost cousin is Basket. I was going to say that, but I thought I'll just leave that. It's too obvious. Oh, so you just went with ring hoops instead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Question five in the age game edition of Quick Bix. You're doing well so far. Mm. I'm not keeping score. Two players have played VFL slash AFL football as 40-year-olds. So one of them is Dustin Fletcher. The other one is Vic Cumberland, who played at age 43 for St Kilda. In his 400 games, how many goals did Dustin kick? A71, B81, C91. Talk us through your thought process because your time's run out, but I'd like to know how you've come up with your answer. I don't. It would be a guess. Yes. So then we go back to the the multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. And how are you going to process that? Well, I'm going to go the middle one this time. Because Why? I think, because you you didn't go middle last time. Yeah. And so I think you might try and trick me by going the middle. So I'm going to say 81. So do you think you know me that well that because the first one was A, the second one I'm going to go B in the middle because I'm that predictable? I don't know. Well, you seem to think that way. Well, that's what I'm going with. Right. Well, you know what? Suki, suki, la, la. <laughs> you are incorrect. It is A. Get stuffed. <laughs> 71. There you go. I mean, you think you can gaslight me through this whole show, and here I am. <laughs> this is this is the greatest day of my life, and I've had two kids. Why don't you just pick out just random numbers and expect me to be able to know how many how many goals Dustin, Mar- Dustin Fletcher's kit? Come on. Dustin Martin. Dustin Fletcher. Maybe you should think about the right player. The other Dustin. All right, last one. Question six in the age game edition of Quick Picks. Travis Boak is the oldest player on the Port Adelaide list. He was drafted number five in the 2006 National Draft. What I want you to do is name two other players still playing from that draft. 2000, what? 2006. 2006. Name two other players from that draft. That are currently playing. Tom Hawkins. Tom Hawkins is one of them. Good stuff. And... Do you want me to help you? Because I want to finish on a good note. Okay. Well, just give me a little clue. Um, one of them is a bit taller than Tom Hawkins. A bit taller than Tom Hawkins. And he plays for... Max a... Gorn. No! Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you Plays for a team with blue and white stripes also, but in another direction. Oh, Todd Goldstein. Yeah! Winners! Well done. Thank you. Well, it wasn't really well done. No, it wasn't. I'm going to turn it. It was a hard them. one today, but I, I love the challenge. Yeah. I, I intentionally made it a little bit more challenging. Mm. Um, you threw me when you said Lariat, so that's why <laughs> I've gone a little bit off. Um, but thank you for playing that, and thank you, hopefully, for... Um, 
listening and still being with us because we're going to chat to Sam Edmund next to talk about everything in regards to Braden Maynard because we've covered it all morning. But if it's your first time listening to SENSA this morning, we'd also love to hear from you. one 736 736 month, get the five-minute tyre safety check at your local tyre power. Mourn Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Good morning to you. In studio, Lumo, powered by Lumo Energy SA. It's been a very big morning, Bix. We're not going to leave our next guest waiting any longer because we think it's big over here. It's even bigger in Victoria. Good morning to you, Sam Edmund. Uh, It is the morning after the night before. Um, How's everything going over there in Victoria? And has the response to uh, Braden Maynard getting off been exactly what you expected? Walshy, Bix, good morning. Uh, To answer your question, mixed. And you just knew... When Braden Maynard appeared on screen last night with a mini rubber footy, a bit like Adam Kingsley's answer to the stress ball in the coach's box, that you knew it was going to be a long and potentially anxious night for him. And after more than four hours of for his testimony, Angus Brayshaw's medical report, Andrew Woods from the AFL presenting, Collywood's legal rep, Ben Hall, we had a biomechanist, we had references to Isaac Newton, Galileo, we had purple lanes, yellow lanes, behind the goals vision. He was finally cleared, Braden Maynard, for the rest of Collywood's finals campaign, or at least for now, anyway. We can't rule out an AFL appeal. It is unlikely at this stage, but uh, they'll make an announcement on that at some stage today, the AFL. Mm. You, you say unlikely? What's your feeling there? I just felt like it was summarised really well. I mean, I don't think it was argued fantastically well by the AFL's counsel, Andrew Woods. I thought he lost his way on occasion, but just just the summary of Jeff, Jeff Gleeson, the tribunal chair, was comprehensive. There's only so many avenues to appeal. Um, I, I mentioned that it was mixed. You couldn't walk down the street without getting in a debate with someone about mm. whether he was innocent or guilty. It was what was black or it was white. You had one or the other. But the hearing went for four, four and a half, four and hours and ten minutes, or four hours and five minutes, fix, including one hour of deliberation. I mean, um, I think it's just unlikely at this stage that the AFL were challenged, given it was so comprehensive. But you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, I thought a lot of the focus was on uh, him turning his shoulder and and making contact with the head, and that you know, and he had a millisecond to do that. And I totally agree with all that. My point was a bit along the lines of Ross Lyon and Chris Scott, for that matter. Yeah. That if you're going to say that it was careless, the careless act took place when he ran straight at him and jumped in the air, knowing that he wasn't going to be able to change direction. So that, that's the way I thought that. Maybe the AFL might argue that point. Well, they did. And Andrew Wood did start with the fact that the conduct was unreasonable in the circumstances, that it did breach that duty of care, big leaping forward in the air with force at an opponent. But I, I thought he, he, as I said, he lost his way a bit at times, mm. saying it was unsafe to smother and, and things of that nature. He said Maynard should have jumped bolt upright at one stage. And, you know, on the other side of it, biomechanists, let's be honest, they've become the butter jokes at the tribunal. But <laughs> the associate professor, Michael Cole, went a long way to changing that with the statement, once airborne, Maynard had no opportunity to avoid the collision. He said, I don't believe Maynard's body position at the time of impact can be considered part of any conscious decision. He called him a frisbee with arms and legs, um, which was the takeaway of the night, to be honest. But it all pointed to the fact that he had no time to adjust. 400 milliseconds, uh, the biomechanist said, that Maynard would have had um, to adjust his body position, which is obviously impossible. And uh, Jeff Gleeson, in his lengthy summary, just simply said that they found Maynard 
by uh, virtue of Cole's evidence and, and the science behind it, just didn't have enough time to adjust his body position. But coming back to the initial smother, I mean, you're allowed to jump up and smother the ball, aren't you? For me, it was around the duty of care, whether he showed enough once he was up in the air. But the tribunal last night pointed to all the different factors in here, all the different things that could have happened. Brayshaw could have veered left instead of right. He could have kicked it in a different position. He could have um, changed direction at a different time. And all of those things couldn't be reasonably anticipated by Braden Maynard, the tribunal fan. But, but won't that be the defence of every player? Like, say that was a marking contest and you run and jump and you get there a millisecond late and you collect someone. Can't you say, well, I couldn't reasonably expect which way the, the player was going to move. I just jumped and, and, and I cleaned him up and knocked him out. But... You know, I I was in the air. I couldn't stop. Isn't that? Yeah. The... Well, well, marking contests are uh, they are different, aren't they? I mean, and the game has got an amazing way of churning out after all these years unique situations mm, and unique mm. collisions, and they're all different. And in fact, Jeff Gleeson did say last night, we cannot uh, remember a case like it that there's ever been an incident like it. So they were they were going into yeah. new ground. Um, but I, I, I just come back to the duty of care. That that was the argument for me. Um, did he show enough? The AFL said he didn't have enough time. Um, and that the, the split second time to react meant that he had to compute what the AFL said that he should have computed as unrealistic and, and unreasonable. Sam, uh, let's move on to Port Adelaide because a couple of things have come out about Port Adelaide over the past seven days. So we are learning that Sydney are now the front runners to land Brody Grundy. We've just learned that if Port Adelaide beat the Giants on the weekend, they'll play Collingwood on Friday night. So that means a six-day break. And then we heard yesterday um, the future of Travis Boak is a little bit uncertain. What can you tell us about Bokey? Well, I guess these are the delicate decisions and discussions while she that you have with your greats, um, the greats of your club. And this is a guy who's been there since 06, pick five, of course. He was a captain. He's a triple All-Australian. We know his credentials. Two-time best and fairest. Games record holder, the list goes on. He's 35. He's been subbing three of the last five games. Um, and Port Adelaide are suggesting that the time might be now, that they don't want him to wither on the vine next year in the Sandsville. To perhaps retire might be the best option. Now, Travis himself doesn't uh, strike me anyway as a retiring type. Certainly thinks he's not done, wants to keep playing. So will he back himself in at Port Adelaide if there does turn out to be a contract there? Would he play elsewhere? Would anyone else be tempted to have him elsewhere? I mean, he did have that preseason rib injury that, that didn't help. So would he sign on for one more, knowing that he has to fight tooth and nail to get into that best 22 or 23? Or does he take himself off potentially elsewhere. This is a fluid situation and, and, and definitely playing out as we speak. Mm, it's going to be interesting. I, I wonder how many older players look at uh, Taylor Walker a couple of years back and had he not be contracted, he probably would have been retired, but he's yeah. been able to find a way and come back. But anyway, that's uh, one to keep an eye on, particularly here in Adelaide. And Darcy Moore had his hand in a cast. Not ideal, is it? I know they got the weekend off this week, but he had a tendon issue that he played through in that qualifying final. Didn't look to bother him much, did it? But instead of training yesterday, just took himself off up the hill to the Etworth Hospital and had a cast put on. So Collingwood saying he's definitely playing in the prelim. No issue there. This is merely precautionary, almost like the hand equivalent of the moon boot. We know how conservative clubs are just to keep the weight off and such. So this is all about settling the tendons that bothered him in the qualifying final that he did play with strapping around that thumb and wrist area. So absolutely no doubt to play. A bit like Max Gorn, who's going to play in that Friday night semi against Carlton this week with a broken bone in his toe.
One more before we let you go. Jack Revolt announced yesterday as part of the new inaugural board for the Tasmanian team, and his title is basically the fabric. So he's been there to develop the DNA of the club, which we love, alongside uh, Alistair Lynch and a, a couple of big, big names as well. So this is building. Yeah, it is indeed. Now, this is uh, as flagged by SEN's very own Brett Costello down there at, uh, at SEN Tassie, of course. It's a community consultation project that uh, Jack will lead up called The Fabric, as you say. I think this is an awesome appointment. Spread the word, spread the gospel down there in Hobart in the state of Tasmania. And it's a nine-member board under the inaugural chairman, Grant O'Brien. And uh, uh, for footy followers listening, of course, plenty of those this morning. Alistair Lynch is on that board, a very, very proud and passionate Tasmania. Mm. Uh, Sam, thanks for your time this morning. Great uh, summary there. Thanks, lads. Always good to speak to Sam Edmund. A text coming through on the text line 0427154166 from Louis saying, um, is there any more movement in regards to Ruckman at, at Port Adelaide if it's not Brody Grundy? Because that's going to be the question now. And I've said for a little while now, I think Port Adelaide um, uh, having a few conversations with Jordan Sweet, I think they should be doing that. There's a connection to Josh Carr, obviously, there, Mark Bickley, with his North Adelaide connections. But mm. he would be someone to speak to. Whether he's ready to take over from Scott Lysette in the future, that's another question, Mark. But he, he's been um, starved of opportunities at the Bulldogs, who now have an All-Australian Ruckman in Tim English there. Yeah, and mate, potentially Sam Darcy as a young player coming through. Uh, I think he's going to be in demand. The, the, the Ruck positions are like dominoes. When one falls, you know, like Tom Hickey's gone from Sydney – and potentially if Scott Lysette moves from Port Adelaide, that, that will just create this domino effect where one player goes, you know, one goes to the next, which then causes another player to leave. And so there's a bit of ring a ring a Rosie with the ruck stocks generally. Uh, good pun with Connor Rosie as well. Um, I am going to play some audio in a moment from Connor Rosie, who has had a bit to say about the noise surrounding Xavier Dersma and his future at the Port Adelaide Football Club. We will do it straight after this on SENSA. Tire Power. Think safety this month. Get the five-minute tire safety check at your local Tire Power. Team Kia at Cheltenham and Mount Barker for all your class-leading Kia vehicles and servicing. Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! 17 minutes past eight on SENSA Breakfast. A beautiful morning across South Australia. 26 degrees we are going for today. Uh, Bix on the text line 0427 154 166. We were just talking about Travis Boak, Port Adelaide, and what's happening with the power. So I, I quickly mentioned to Sam Edmund, it, it looks like Port Adelaide, if they beat the Giants, will be playing Friday night against Collingwood. So a really quick turnaround. But I guess um, Collingwood, because they finish first on the ladder, they will get the biggest break um, and they've earned the right to do that, but mm. that doesn't do anything for the people thinking there's Vic Bias in the AFL. <laughs> um, we had a, a couple of texts coming through. So this is from Lily at West Beach. Given the timing of the change of narrative, clearly the conversation between Ken Hinckley and Brody Grundy went well. Not. Sydney now the front runners there, if we are to believe all of the reports. And this one. Hi, guys. I know Bix copped backlash last week, but I found it interesting. Kane on Footy Classified on Monday night in two segments – uh, only singled out Dersma's performance. Is he softening up power supporters justify, uh, to justify a trade? Could Wines also be a trade target due to no midfield time? Before your response, this is what Connor Rosie had to say yesterday. Yeah, he's a really strong individual. And um, I guess that's a challenge of AFL footballers when um, I guess you make a mistake. And I've done that in the past. Um, people are pretty quick to jump on you and um, pretend that everyone's perfect, which of course we aren't. And, 
like I said, Xavier's a really strong individual, and I'm sure he'll he'll bounce back really quickly. Um, he's a really hard trainer, and um, probably one of the hardest trainers that we've got in our squad. So um, I've got no doubts that he'll put his head down. And so we got a lot of feedback on um, the social post with the video you talking about Xavier Dersma, but I'll uh, you're my your life, my life partner when it comes to um, SENSA. You didn't come out and say that Port Adelaide need to trade. No. Xavier Dersma. We were talking about options if Port Adelaide needed yeah. to attract Asava, Brody, and Zerk Thatcher all at the same time, mm. and they had to put up a plan. Well, there, there was discussions around they don't have many draft picks because they use them to to get Jason Horn Francis. If it was a player, what does that look like? And so I wasn't for a second saying this is what they should do. I'm saying there would be enormous interest in Xavier Dersma because of all the things that um, Connor Rosie just mentioned. He's a good player. He trains really hard. He feels a need for a lot of clubs because he's got outside run. And Port Adelaide do have a number of those style of players that can play wing, half back, half forward types. So that's all I was saying. So and sometimes in those short posts, the context gets lost a little bit, which is fine. But something has to give. And they've got Josh Sin, who I know they're very um, keen to get into the side with his speed and all those things. So anyway. That is what will happen. We're approaching the silly season and people's names will get tossed up. And I think players just understand that. And But to get something good, generally you have to give something that's got some value attached to it. Brett has texted in 0427154166 saying, Bokey retire? No way. You don't ask Superman to retire. So all eyes are <laughs> going to be on um, Travis Boke this weekend against the Giants. Do you think the, the one-day less break is going to make much of a difference when it comes to a prelim if they manage to win? Um, will it make much of a difference? Uh, it'll all come down to what the game looks like mm. against the Giants. If they are comfortable and they run it out and they're, you know, they're four or five goals up late in the game, they can take some players out, they can manage their rotations, that's all well and good. If it goes to the wire and you've got lots of sore players, yeah, it makes a difference. But not, notwithstanding... Collingwood had an extra 10 days to mm. get themselves organised. So, or more than that, actually, because they played on the, the Thursday night. Open training was interesting yesterday. A lot of experts at open training. But you get a special look at who's in the rehab group. And I know that when they get closer to Saturday night, things might change a little bit. But the obvious names in the rehab group was McKenzie and Jonas, and mm. Marshall. There's one name that was part of the rehab group that flagged a bit of concern for me, and that was Aaliyah. Mm. So I'm just hoping he was a little bit sore and um, he'll be back training with the, the full squad before the end of the week. Yes. Um, it, 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 this time of year, I don't think there's there's anyone who's 100%. Everyone's got something. And, and that's always evidenced by at the end of the year, there's always five or six players who played in the last game who go off and have surgery mm. straight away because they're carrying little niggles and, and bits of floating stuff in their joints and spurs and all these different things that need to be cleaned up that are just, that are uh, uh, aggravations that you have that you just, you just carry through. So um, any extra time, this is why generally the, the teams that have those extra breaks do pretty well. They get a chance to really freshen up. 22 minutes past eight.